what's going on rising queens welcome to the goddess glow diaries i go by the name of nana and i will be your host today if you are looking for a podcast that is all about woman empowerment connecting healing and sharing our story you are at the right place Hello, Rising Queens. Welcome. I am so excited for today's podcast because I have a very special friend of mine, Kia. She has served on the military for 14 years. And today she's actually going to be my very first guest that I have on my podcast. I feel like I couldn't have chosen a better person to share this story. I'm like, as I'm speaking right now, I'm getting already so emotional because I know I know this this girl. She actually we've met through my Rising Queen page. We connected, and I have felt so empowered by her. And I feel like so many of you ladies can benefit from her story. So, Kia, how are you feeling today? I'm feeling great. Thank you for having me. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So we're going to go ahead and begin the questions of this interview because I really feel like we're going to get, wait, I want you guys to really tune in and really listen to this story. I ask in prayer that um, you guys can soften your hearts. All right, ladies, let's go ahead and take a minute for us to pray before we begin. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for bringing Kia into my life, Father. Thank you, Father God, for her precious, and Father God, for all the testimonies and everything that she's going to share with us. I hope, Father God, that every listener that is tuning in right now can benefit from her story and can also, Father God, be inspired and empowered in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. So, all right, Kia. So, I have to begin. I have to ask you, what has really inspired you to join the military? Ooh, that's going to be a very uh, emotional question, although it's, it's a very simple question. Um, growing up uh, in Guatemala, El Salvador, I was always taught, you know, that you have to be a lady and then you're going to be a good wife and you need to find a husband that, you know, makes good money so you can stay home and take care of the kids. Which, you know, it's okay. I'm not respect for the women that, that do that because with COVID-19, I've experienced a little bit of that and it's not an easy task. So kudos for those mommies. Uh, but we're all different. And I wanted more for me. I came from a uh, an abusive home uh, we're a racist home. Uh, my father is from Guatemala. My mom is from El Salvador. And my father's mom, he hated us, me and, and my brothers, for being Salvadorian. You know, um, when I was eight years old, he said that I was going to grow up to be a puta, which I didn't know what that meant until I was a teenager. And basically, is, I'm going to grow up to be a prostitute like every Salvadorian woman. You know, how can you have your grandmother say that to you? You know, so the mental abuse was there. Physical abuse was there. Um, once I turned 18, I, uh, I ran away from home. My father left me without walking for three days right after my birthday. And I was like, you know what? 
it's enough. It's enough abuse. I this is not the life. You know, I I got kidnapped when I was eight years old. I got taken away from home. His mom abused me. She tortured me. My dad now it's doing it. Wow. No, this this cannot be my life. So I became homeless. I ended up in San Francisco. <laughs> wow. Yes, and um, I was hungry. I was cold, and I went to the Marines. I asked them, "Hey, you know, I want to join." And they're like, "You know what? We have met our quota for for women this month." next month well i'm hungry now i'm cold now i need to do something with my life now that survival instinct yes so next door was the army i went in there knocked on my door they're like come on on so um the recruiter you know gave me food and we started doing the paperwork and next thing you know i was heading to to boot camp so it was yeah the survival wanted to show my family and my abusers you know what? You're not going to break me. You did all this to me and I'm arise and I'm a proof to you that I'm worthy of doing something great with my life. And you're not going to hold me back yet. Here we are 14 years later. Oh my god. Oh my god. And I bet that joining into the army, going to a place that was completely dysfunctional to a place that was <laughs> all structured Right? Yes. And the huge military, like, <laughs> of us, like, how was that? How did you adapt to that? And also, like, um, how to, how did you kind of, like, feel like he benefits you with the discipline and everything? And, and also, how helped you spiritually also heal? How did the military and discipline also helped you heal spiritually? So... Like I, I mentioned, you know, once I got kidnapped, I was in Guatemala and I was eight years old until I was 17, 17 and a half. So my English was gone. All I remember was third grade English. <laughs> so when I got out of that kettle bus and I heard all the loud noises, I didn't understand what they were saying. I see people crying and the yelling and I'm just standing there like, what is going on? <laughs> I didn't understand, so it's good. Right, right, right. <laughs> but um, the structure and the discipline, it helped me feel that they cared about me. You know, they wanted us, like, we had a lot of friends that were stereotyped. And a lot of the obstacles in the military, you know, are And so they would cry and everything, and they would see that person evolved to face that fear that you can do it. With me, I'm short. So most of the <laughs> obstacles are meant for men. And the shortest is 5'10". Wow. So one of the ladders is called the Jacob ladders. You know, you go up. And as you're going up, the steps are becoming further and further away. So then the last three steps, I have to jump to go up and over and lower. I have to be like, I was praying, like, God, don't let me go. <laughs> but to show me that, you know what, I can do whatever I put my name to, you know, and it doesn't matter how hard things are, I will overcome. With time, you know, after graduating and everything, it's such an honor when you get picked to do a mission, an important mission. In the Army, they didn't care that I was a woman. They didn't care that I'm only 5'1". They didn't care that I'm Hispanic. All they knew is that Staff Sergeant Vasquez was going to get the mission done. And that right there, girl, like it's 
the best feeling ever when the military other leaders trust you and they see you as an asset and not like a minority, not as a gender, not as all this stuff, they just see your potential. That that I think probably helped you see as one non-different because talking about how you grew up in a family that saw you differently because you were Salvadoran they there was not everybody was not equal and now you went into like we're one unit we're a person and like and um and I I would say like me, like before a male dominant world but now like things are changing the game women can do anything oh, yeah. and I know that you also like have competed right like so there's nothing that you that, that, that you couldn't really do. Like it's just that that mindset. Let's talk about a little bit of that mindset. What kept you strong, strong from giving you strength when you fought wars in Iran, right? And Iraq, Iraq. and um, uh, giving you strength for um, with you know staying away from your babies and like giving you strength overall from transforming. And breaking generational curses from the past. What did you have to look at yourself and say to continue to move on and excel as a as a woman? So the first time I went to Iraq, um, I went for 15 months. I had just gotten married, and so we both left at the same time. So it was not as hard for me as it was for other people. Mm -hmm. um, and what kept me going is having my partner there with me, of course, and then knowing that God had a purpose for me. I had this feeling in my heart. There's a purpose, mm -hmm. and I didn't know what it was. I'm like, I'm going to be fine. There's no need for me to be scared. Mm -hmm. And then every time or every day I had to do my mission and do whatever it is that the army had me doing, I was doing the best that I can possibly do because it's my reputation as a person. And also, I always kept that in the back of my head. I'm going to prove them wrong. I'm going to be somebody in the army. You won't break me. Yeah. You won't break me. And so, of course, my family was very disappointed that I went to the military and didn't, you know, marry. But I was fine. The second time I went to Iraq, I went for one year. At this point, I already had my son. But, girl, I was breastfeeding. And the military wow. has a policy that if you just gave birth, they'll let you stay home with baby. But this time they needed me. So um, I only trusted my stepmom. I took my, my son to Guatemala and he was only seven months. That was the worst pain ever for all those mommies out there. You know, you have that special bond when you're breastfeeding. It's different. And yes, I went through depression, but I'm like, you know what? Um, I'm doing this for him, for his future. Nobody can tell my son you are entitled, you are privileged. No, he has sacrificed at such a young age. You know, the third time I went to Iraq, this was in 2016, I arrived in Iraq on Christmas Day. Wow. So, and at this time, I already had two babies. So that was really, really tough on me. I have a little girl and a little boy remarried at this point. Um, this deployment, although it was only nine months, it was the worst of my career. This time, you know, I was doing battlefield circulations, which means, you know, they were flying me from one base to another all over Iraq, you know, trying to build 
that uh, alliance, that friendship with the Iraqi military. And so what kept me going was, of course, God. God, is this the purpose that you have for me that we can show the Iraqis that in the United States, we see men and women equally because, you know, it's, it's a different no. culture, you know, and they were, they were not accepting of me. So I had to stand my ground and be respectful to them. And finally, you know, I earned their respect. And unfortunately, um, ISIS had bombarded them and I lost 12 Iraqi soldiers. To some people, you know, they're like, oh, you know, screw them, this, this and that. No, they are people that they're fighting you know, their militia, they're fighting for their rights, for their lands. And, and it hurt and yeah. hurt because we had made progress. And then I knew that my children were safe. I knew that if anything happened to me, you know, they were going to be taken care of. And honestly, for me, there's no greater death than to dying at war because it's not a death in vain. You're doing something. You're fighting for someone. You're fighting for the country. Well, if I'm home and I just get hit by a drunk driver, that's it. So I knew I was going to be okay. A few months afterwards, we lost a soldier. I had never, ever lost anybody close to me. So I went through depression. And at this point, I'm like, okay, it's not about just me. If anything happens to me, my children will get separated. You know, my son will go with his dad. My daughter stays with her dad and, and that's it. So that gave me the strength to finish my deployment, come back home to my children and, and be mommy, enjoy being mommy, you know, and mm -hmm. what kept me going is I know God has a bigger purpose. I still have it in my heart and, and coming home to my children, you know, so mm -hmm. that, yeah. I think that most of all, what I kept hearing is that your purpose, you kept going back oh, to yeah. your purpose, that like, I am not what and what they said about me in the past. This is my purpose. My purpose is bigger. Now I have like, as soon as you kept relying and at, focusing on God, on your purpose, your purpose kept growing. Mm -hmm. Now it came from soldier to now to being a mom to now to being, you know, a, a, a team player, everything together. So, um, I think that actually that's that that's amazing. So, I want to ask you, what are the activities that now that you know, far from all the trauma and craziness and all this crazy? Things. And even like right now, like here right now, uh, what are some of the activities you engage yourself in to practice self-care and take care of yourself and self-love? What what eggs you feel every day that you wish that you could tell every woman to know? Don't feel guilty. Well, we're going to start right there. Um, many times as moms, we focus, baby needs clothes, they need a haircut, they need this. We need it too. You know, I used to feel guilty about buying clothes for myself or go getting a massage. And now I'm like, you know what? No, my children are taken care of. My pillows are taken care of. I can take care of me. So yeah, I'll have now. I get my little uh, lash lift. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> and I enjoy that. It's very relaxing to me. Uh, the gym. The gym. I enjoy the gym. Uh, I can release 
stress, the negativity. I try to stay away from alcohol when I'm uh, feeling low. I only drink socially when I'm, you know, when I'm with friends or if I'm happy, I'll have a small cup of wine. But other than that, like I really uh, just focus on my prayers. It doesn't, you don't have to be kneeling. You don't have to be in a special place. Like whenever you feel it, if you're in the car, sometimes I just, you know, put a gospel and I start talking to God. You don't have to do a prayer. So that is self-love, I think, because we have to feed our, our brain, our spirit, our soul. So talking to God, um, going to the gym. I enjoy doing activities with the kids, although I will say I don't have that much patience. Um, I enjoy their smiles. I enjoy doing right. things that, that they do because it reminds me of my childhood, you know, that I didn't have that. You know, I didn't have somebody to be there with me when I was like, hey, you know, can you teach me how to ride a bike? I didn't have that, you know, um, and now I get to do that with the kids. You know, Kiara, when I asked you to come and speak in my, in my podcast, I really didn't know what the title was going to be. But I'm starting to believe it that it's Breaking Generational Curses. Oh, yes. Because like through everything that you're telling me, it's saying like, I had to look at purpose, take care of through self-love, through taking care of myself, through not feeling guilty, through looking at my purpose. Now your kids get to have a better future because you decided to step out out of fear, to step out of bondage, to step out of that, that whole chains. And you know, like those people's words, you know, those family member work, they're chains that try to keep us, but you had to shake them loose. And now you're thriving. And guys, I personally know his kids and they're amazing. Like, honestly, you're going to have to come back for a second time to just teach me how to do that because they are amazing, sweet and really loving. And ultimately, every children are like that. But your kids, you can really tell they're loved. You can feel that vibration that they love, they're confident, and they're full of light. So, yes, like, and this is right here, you're already adding because you chose to better yourself. Now, they're going to grow up to be decent human beings, world changers. And you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. that is, that's, that's amazing. I wanted to also ask, how... Do you empower your family, your coworkers, your community? And um, how do you find ways all the time to keep empowering them? So because of the trauma and all the negativity that I experience, I hate to see people suffer. So something that I do with my children, um, you know, right now we're in Bakersfield and it gets super hot. So usually, you know, we buy cases of water bottles, put them in the fridge. And the first time we did this, we did not realize we were just giving water to the homeless in the parks. And they started crying because they said that the water fountain, it's it's hot water. Wow. And they, one of the, oh my goodness, one of the homeless ladies said, um, we just got done praying that God will send us cold water. And um, here you are with your kids. So um, I didn't I didn't tell anybody. I did it for my kids. I did it because, you know, it's so easy to judge people. It's so easy to say, well, they got themselves there. It's not our place to judge why they're homeless or what happened. But if you can help just by giving water, you have no idea how grateful they are. So 
do that. Um, I'm also a volunteer, motivational speaker. I do go to the high schools here in Bakersfield and share my story because, you know, my mother was an alcoholic, drug addict, and just because she was that doesn't mean that should be my future. Just because, you know, I went through the trauma that I went doesn't mean that I needed to be stuck there. Like those bad experiences motivated me to better myself because that's not what I wanted for the rest of my life. I don't want pain. I saw what drugs did to my mother. I don't want that around me. I don't want that around my children. And so I, uh, I love going out there. It's very emotional. And even if I can help one kid, you know, realize, hey, your situation is bad, but you can change that. That's an amazing feeling. And at work with my teammates. Um, so fun fact, I was introduced as the first woman in Army history to become a cavalry scout drill sergeant. Okay, oh. so yeah. So my biggest dream when I was... Uh, going through basic was to be a drill sergeant and so all i wanted to do was be a drill sergeant and so as many that are in the military know you go where they sent you so we didn't know that i was going to become the first one all my units said you have to go to these trainings and once i graduated we found out that i was the first woman in military history to do that so i encourage you know my unit and and my soldiers and my leaders that it is hard it was not an easy course to accomplish a cap scout. You know, I have mad respect for them. Um, like I said, I'm only 5'1". Yeah. <laughs> I only weigh like 135, 40 pounds. And most of the equipment was 120, was uh, 80 pounds. So that constant movement, picking up, lowering equipment, it was really hard on me. The worst, well, not the worst part, but... Uh, one of the instructors said, we were expecting you to fail on day three. And they told me this a day prior to graduation. I'm like, what? And they're like, yeah, when we saw that a female was coming to the course, none of the wow. instructors wanted you. So the instructor that came in late, he's the one that drafted your name because nobody wanted you. But they're like, you have earned our respect. And we kind of regret not having you on our crew. You know, having those words said to you, just like, well, Aches, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, they made the course a little bit more difficult because they wanted me to fail. They, they didn't want me there. So I empower um, my unit and my troops. Like, if I did it, English is my second language. So if I got through basic, I came home from Iraq. <laughs> I have my family. And now, you know, yeah, I have this amazing title. You know, now I'm a senior drill sergeant. Um, there's no excuse for you not to do it because I'm nobody. And if I did it, you can do better than me. So that's how I encourage and motivate them. And, and like you said, you know, breaking those generational curses, uh, those chains. Um, now my children get to see that. And now they don't have no excuse. You know, if, if they don't want to join the military, I'm okay with that. They have to do something with their life. And there's no excuse for them not to be successful in whatever they want to do. Yeah, most definitely. I loved that you came and that you shared this story. I think overall, you are a world changer and I am definitely making more episodes with you in different <laughs> topics because I would love to go ahead and pick your brain because I think you are a woman that have survived 
and mastered a lot of things and also broke generational curses so your kids so you know your teammates and inspire it's a domino effect you know it, even the nation it, you the way you even talking about how like i went when i went on war i went with a purpose it was not just my mission was also like i asked god god like i'm a woman and it was like everything that you're saying is just so divine and i'm so grateful for everything you guys i hope you enjoyed this podcast i'm going to go ahead and uh tag her on this episode on um my rising queen uh instagram page um i'm going to make a post that way if you guys are more interested in finding now about kia um i know she just dropped a a, a motivational uh, a motivational speech and video just like a, a week ago and it was powerful i was like okay like i'm getting this girl on my podcast <laughs> asap that way you guys can either connect with her or or so forth but thank you kia so much thank you love. thank you for listening guys and i cannot wait to um to speak more life into you and keep interviewing here and women like you that needs to share their story until i see you again i speak light and life overall into your life be blessed <laughs>